Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arskaden coming to you live from North Carolina. And today we want to focus on praying specifically for the president and the cabinet as we have entered into uh, the dire straits as of this last weekend. And we just want to focus on these next uh, several weeks as we go through this time of really just praying and covering not only ourselves, but this president and getting, hopefully getting ourselves and and continuing to get in the right alignment of reordering our day. But today we want to, I want to go through the verse in Rome, a chapter in Romans 13, that a lot of the church takes out of context. And we want to go through because it, it gives us um, understanding of, of why we want to pray for our president to make sure uh, he's in right alignment with the Lord, as we ourselves are, and making sure we're we're sober and aware of the call of God, not only on our individual lives, but of the office of the president itself. So I want to first start in Romans 13, verse 1, and I want to go through this a little bit because this is dealing with um, the authority given to those within authority and ourselves and our interactions with them as well. So we start in verse 1, and it says, Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And that is the key point right there. There is no authority except from God. So that means... Those who are in authority come under the authority of the Lord, and then we are to come under their authority, given they're in that right alignment with the Lord. And I will continue to build upon this foundation, as Romans 13 does. And those which exist are established by God. So we ask, how can a certain person be in office? Well, God allowed it somehow. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not somehow free to just do whatever they want. They still have no authority except from God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed them. This is where the founding fathers and others, and, and ourselves included, understand that if they're outside the realm of the authority of God, there is a, a natural Um, order of things to say, okay, we need to get back into that right alignment with the Lord. And it goes on to say, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. Again, this is given the fact that authority is in right alignment with the Lord. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. And you're seeing that that be the case in some instances. Um, that the exact opposite, where those who are doing good are now the ones who are in fear of certain things, of losing their rights, freedoms, etc., safety. Uh, do you not have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise for the same. For it is the minister of God for you, 
for to you for good but if you do what is evil be afraid for it does not bear the sword for nothing for it is a minister of god the sword uh, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil therefore it is necessary to be in subjection not only because of wrath but also for consciousness sake for because of this you also pay taxes for rulers are servants of god devoting themselves to this very thing to upholding what is good in the eyes of the lord and to dealing with the justice of those who do evil so when they say oh just be obedient to authority there is also a call for those in authority to be obedient to god and if they don't where do you go from there and you have to answer who is the one you listen to is it god or is it those who are in authority ultimately it's god um and then goes on to talk about taxes and he goes on in verse eight and nine to say this is oh nothing to any anyone except to love one another for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law for this you shall not commit adultery again here this is romans 13 right side of the bible establishing the 10 commandments here shall not commit adultery you shall not murder you shall not steal you shall not covet and there is and if there is any other commandment it is summed up in this saying you shall love your neighbor as yourself love does no wrong to a neighbor therefore love the fulfillment of law love is a fulfillment of law again you shall not commit adultery you shall not murder you shall not steal you shall not covet I mean, we could go through some of the political stances today and say how they're breaking those commandments right there but i digress and this will be really a, a key point this prayer point right here will be a key point today in some of the news stories we'll go over in the fact of we want to pray for the president the current president the office of the president the cabinet the office of the cabinets those positions of the united states to be patient to hear god i.e romans 13 to be servants of god and if they subject themselves to god's sovereign authority they will advance in his timing and establish his security over this nation so that's what we want to be our key focus today again this is coming out of the reordering our day book um from chuck pierce and, and why we just want to continue to cover this president because they are stepping outside of these realms of the authority that the lord has given them in advancing murder in advancing covetousness and advancing idolatry and and others as well could go down the list and so here we're seeing paul point back when he's talking to the church the roman church is pointing back to the very foundations of scripture and saying these are the foundations that rulers should rule upon and if they're not they are now being disobedient to the lord okay and um mario murillo and, and dr michael brown have great uh, deeper explanations than what i just went through i'm going through kind of at a high level but hopefully this builds on just in that couple verses right there the foundations of who we are to be obedient to and there are those within the church who on the abortion issue are not standing on the fear of the lord on this issue and when we want to pray that hopefully we can ourselves live that way but also for this administration and the cabinet okay so we have some things internationally that are interesting and some things we want to watch out for and be sober and aware of um we're 
finding out today that Putin is making a trip to Iran, Tehran, and aims to boost ties with Iran and Turkey and China as conflicts have arisen with the United States and other European nations uh, as the Ukraine-Russian war continues to rage on. They're coming into agreement, trying to economically to help bolster themselves uh, in this world where now you're seeing a divide of East versus West. And so this is kind of the fall. This is the direct fallout of quote unquote sanctions on the Russian economy um, from both Europe and the United States. Um, quite alarming. Now, they themselves have issues. <laughs> Iran and Turkey uh, have some disputes uh, over Syria as well as Russia as they're involved um, in that as well. So it's kind of Russia, Iran versus Turkey on the Syrian issue. Turkey wants to kind of combat that, deal with this, uh, security border security issue there with Syria. So they're not a, a perfect partner, but you're you're seeing in this um, Turkey's prime minister Erdogan or pre Turkey's president Erdogan kind of playing the middleman here. He's trying to be the middleman with Russia and Iran. He's also trying to be the middleman with Russia and Ukraine and Europe and, and everything there is, is Turkey is a part of NATO. So uh, something to watch out for and be, be aware of um, as things progress in the days ahead. And what's interesting about this move is that as you have the economic issues arising, you're seeing that, again, more reports – out of your, I want to be very well aware of this because this has ties to the president's recent trip to the Middle East and his negotiations with uh, Saudi Arabia. Is that the EU does not expect Russia to send oil after the July 28th deadline, um, which is what it said it would sub supposedly restart sending oil via the gas uh, Nord Stream gas pipelines because of sanctions and and they just. They don't want to be involved with Europe right now as Europe is trying to, in Russia's eyes, come after them in their economy, which is why they're going east. They're going to Iran. They're going to China. They're going to Iran, uh, Venezuela, etc. And so we're, we're seeing the fallout of this. And there are some estimates that Russia – I mean Europe will not have enough gas from Russia to be able to heat their homes in the coming months. We've seen reports of – Germans specifically buy wooded, heated stoves for their homes to be able to heat their homes in the winter. So bring this roundabout. As the Biden administration failed to get OPEC to come up with a solid plan on producing, increasing its production over what it can already produce, we learned yesterday that Saudi Arabia eventually – 2027 will only as of right now be able to produce 13 million more barrels a day seems like a lot but at the world consumption rate and who all needs it um it's estimates from opec is saying that they're not enough and you need opec plus in general um saudi arabia iraq other oil countries to be able to produce more and they're not coming up with a plan to say it and there are some calls in domestically in the United States for this administration to remove the red tape and allow oil and gas in West Virginia, Arizona, uh, Alaska, off the coasts, uh, Louisiana, Texas, 
Oklahoma, wherever else there's oil and gas in this country, for it to be able to be produced and, and the land lease sales to do it. Um, and, and the Biden administration is pushing back on that. So as we're seeing this dynamic play out, this is why, again, we want to go back to praying for this administration, their cabinet, to be subject and be servants of the Lord. Um, and hoping that they will, will themselves uh, be subject to God's sovereign authority and, and listen to him and have the fear of the Lord when deciding what to do next for this country. And kind of on an international scale, um, Janet Yellen, this is this is actually an interesting point to see her make, is that she's pushing to end American dependence on China for computer chips for cars and military weapons and such like that, where she's pushing for this uh, friends, Asia, Asian friend shore, where supposedly we'll start rather than doing it domestically, we're just going to go to, you know, like South Korea, Japan and other countries, um, Australia to make up for the lack of what China does Um Again, not doing it domestically, even though there is a bill on the Senate floor to have a $52 billion investment, which you saw Nancy Pelosi's husband uh, make an investment into private stocks of these companies based off of what information? Quite interesting to see. Um, now you're seeing the administration push for this bill to be advanced. And at the same time you're, you're seeing this is you're seeing these companies who have made the threats of if the chips bill does not pass, then they're going to ultimately go to Europe because they're going to go where there's funding, where there's, it's an easy way to, to make chips. Part of it's somewhat good business. Um, for them to be able to get more product off the ground, get back to supply so that things can be sold, they can make money as well. Um, but also is they're trying to strong arm the government into giving them free money. And at a time where you have high inflation and then Joe Manchin saying, we don't need to continue to just give out free money. We need to cut back spending. We need to balance the budget. That's coming from Joe Manchin, a Democrat, saying that is making some of these moves and, and and funding some of these things may not be the best thing. And on a very, very, very positive note, um, we've talked about this one before. I haven't heard much about it in a while because there's really been no movement on it, is Joe Manchin has come out and said he is going to not push for a quote-unquote global minimum tax which is championed by Janet Yellen and the Biden administration of basically making a flat 15% tax on any corporation around the world, um, which some countries are higher than that. Other countries are lower. And it, it it's a bad decision. It's, it's illogical to think that every country who has a lower minimum corporate tax rate is going to increase it to help other countries. Um, I mean, you're talking about loss of jobs, potentially loss of revenue um, for said countries. Uh, and, and it's like 140 countries that have supposedly agreed to this, but it still has to be passed in each country. And so you're seeing here one person nix that entire deal, um, which is why the midterms are going to be ever more important um, moving forward in the years ahead of making sure – we're aware of what some of these cabinet positions are pushing for, as in Janet Yellen, which is 
kind of this type of move is really hypocritical to the move of getting away from China. Uh, and if they think that China is going to agree to something like this, th they're sadly mistaken and ill, um, ill guided uh, to really be aware of the realities of some of the decisions that they're making because it's very hypocritical to say we need to move away from China because it's just bad economic uh, policy for us uh, so that we don't you know get caught in a situation that we're in. But we're also going to increase the corporate tax rate internationally over here. Like those those don't coincide to where you can you can be equal over here, but we need to take advantage um, and make sure we're not caught up in this situation. Like it's just it's dumbfounded to even consider that. All right. Now you probably heard last night the House is now set to pass um, the or vote for a bill to codify same-sex marriage in federal law. And if you remember anything from the recent Supreme Court ruling on the overturning of Roe v. Wade, Clarence Thomas said that we need to look at other court cases such as um, Obergefellin, which was the deciding factor on allowing um, same-sex marriage to be allowed to be implemented uh, at a national level in every state. And he's saying, well, if Roe's wrong, then that case is wrong. Um, Ted Cruz has come out and said, yes, it's wrong, but you can't make this decision based upon the overturning of Roe v. Wade, like Thomas said. And even we went back and I actually read it. We've read it here. Other news analysis talks about it, how Justice Alito's main opinion was that the ruling on overturning Roe v. Wade and Casey was only for Casey. It did not apply to other cases. And, 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 that's where most of the court lies, and Thomas is the sole outlier of saying, well, if we're going to look at re-adjudicating um, these cases that have been major precedent on this issue, then we possibly need to look at it. And he, he's not completely wrong, but he's not completely right. It, it, again, it has to be brought up to the court, and it has to be argued correctly. Um, just because it's brought up doesn't mean that they're going to 100% vote in that way which is why it was important to continue to pray for that Golden Court case on um, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Now, the interesting factor about this is that it will most likely pass the House um, as Democrats have enough votes to get it out. There have been no co-sponsors in the House from the Republican side and on the Senate side, Schumer has not said when he will vote on this. They are saying they might possibly take this up. But there is one sole Republican senator um, out of Maine, Susan Collins, who is saying that she will sponsor this bill and hoping to get same-sex marriage codified into law. This is the issue of making it a law passed by Congress and the Senate. And we are talking about this last night as a staff of – Okay, this may get passed by the House, but what this does now for the campaign trail is this is going to cause a divide within the Republican Party because maybe those who are in office right now will not vote for this. But what about future candidates? Some of these new, young, hip candidates who are all for this, who have partnered with the LGBTQ community, who have partnered with the gay community and trying to subvert natural law and, and to play God 
and to step outside the lines of what we're seeing here and the sovereignty of the authority that the Lord has given them in playing God and saying, yes, this can be allowed in our country. Look back towards any world uh, um, power that has gone down this road and the, the fast collapse, i.e. the Roman party, when you start getting outside the natural bounds of law within uh, um, what the Lord has standed. So we want to, on this issue, pray against this, um, but understand that there will be a divide that the Democrats will use to on the campaign trail towards start attacking um, those on the Republican Party. And this is to pull away that quote-unquote red wave and tsunami that people have been talking about. And ultimately, we still want to pray for Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema to stand against the removal of the filibuster because they may try to remove the filibuster on this issue and to have the fear of the Lord win making policy decisions um, on not only on this issue, but other votes as well. And those, the reason those two are key is because if you don't have every Democrat plus Republicans on top of it, you can't remove the filibuster. You need that 51 votes or 50-50 tie, then Kamala Harris would be the 51 vote to, to break that tie there, um, why we want to continue to, to pray for that. And lastly, we want to be fully aware of some of the past revelations and prophetic the Lord and, and in fact come out behind the veil of the White House and I want to go through this very clearly but first I want to set this up of we've talked about it before about how Jeremiah Johnson's dream of that he had about there is a rat in the White House in his dream Dr. Fauci represented that rat and a lot of people have pointed out that he is somewhat of a rat and that's not fully wrong but to sit here and say he is the only one is not true i've said that before there's other revelation that i have that i i don't feel a release to give yet um but this is this is very disheartening and concerning to hear this is that dr birch came out and said some things in a recent book and before congress in june that we need to understand of when i say it is not just one person. It's a spirit that operated in the White House and is still there. And we want to pray for that to be removed. But first, I want to lay this out. So we have Jeremiah Johnson's dream. And I point this out because, you know, he's completely flipped uh, and he's not walking out what the Lord has called him to. But I say this as to say is he wasn't wrong in what he saw. He might have been wrong in his interpretation and how he fleshed it out, but he wasn't wrong in what he saw. And the reality of that is coming to fruition of that. So Dr. Birch recently came out and said that COVID came out of the box ready to infect and that the evidence out of China and the lab shows that they were testing it on humans and it was being advanced to the the virus itself and the vaccine to try to somehow fight COVID in and of itself. Now, this is very interesting because you have comments from Fauci pushing back against this, and now she's saying, well, no, this is true. That's not really the rat part. It's very concerning to see that now she's finally willing to admit it. But what is more concerning is 
I'll put the link here. I don't want to show it because it'll most likely get banned from Facebook. But it's from the post-millennial, and they've gone through an analysis of Dr. Birch's recent book, Silent Invasion, and where she goes through and really shows how she was being deceitful, completely knowingly deceitful in recommending uh, the shutdown for President Trump. She would give different data to President Trump and the administration than what she gave to certain governors. She would leave certain things out and put certain things in depending on who was in there, knowing that she didn't have the full picture. She says in her book that she um, assembled a team that she could trust to look at the numbers and provide unvarnished analysis free from a hidden political agenda. There would be no group think within my inner circle, even though that was the only thing that there was. And she, she noted this. She said the CDC didn't have the demographic data she was looking for. Worse, the data it did have would never ha help paint an accurate picture of this pandemic outbreak because she, in her mind, wanted it to be something that it wasn't. Wanted it to be more uh, uh, um, scary to other people, which is why you needed the, the, the 15 days to shut down. And she goes on to this of how interpreting data would become the new battlefield um, in order to, quote unquote, flatten the curve. And she talked about this in her book. She wrote this. She said, no sooner. We had convinced the president, the Trump administration to implement our version of a two-week shutdown. Then I was trying to figure out how to extend it. That's not the damning part. She said, despite not having the data in, to back her intentions, 15 days, quote, to slow the spread was a start. But I knew it would just be that. I didn't have the numbers in front of me yet to make the case for extending it longer. But I had two weeks to get them. She knew she was lying. She knew she was being deceitful. And yet she, had, she advanced the policy of shutting down the economy, shutting down people's lives, knowingly lying to the president that what she was telling him of how dangerous this virus was, was not true. Now we need to be sober and aware about what's going on. So we need to keep our emotions in check. But... What's interesting is that before Congress, she admitted this as well. So she not only wrote about this before Congress, I mean before the Senate, she um, – no, before Congress. She was asked by Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, and he says – he says this is, why should Americans believe anything the government said about COVID? He went on to quote uh, President Biden about claims that uh, later became false, that the vaccine, those who were vaccinated could not catch COVID. And he asked this question. He said, when the government told us, told the American people that people who had been vaccinated couldn't get it, were they guessing or were they lying? Dr. Birch's response was, I don't know. She then goes to say, all I know is there was evidence from the global pandemic that natural reinfection was occurring, and since the vaccine was based on natural immunity, you cannot make the conclusion that the vaccine will do better than natural infection, although it can often do slightly better. Not That's not true. But um, Jim Jordan then goes on to ask, he says, when the government told us that the vaccinated couldn't transmit it, was that a lie or was that a guess? 
or is it the same answer? Dr. Burke said, I think it was hope that the vaccine would work in that way and saying we need to bring doctors and public health experts to the table. Jim Jordan says, you said you think it was hope? You think it was hope that that was the reason you made this decision. He said, he goes on to say, so what do we know? It wasn't the truth. So there were either guessing, lying, or hoping and communicating that information to the citizens of this country. I think they were hoping, they were hoping, they is her. She's trying to pawn this off on Dr. Fauci and other people. Um, and Jim Jordan goes on to say, he says, I'm struck with the irony. We've got government agencies guessing, hoping, and lying with information they're presenting to the American people. Noting that the Biden administration had looked great and going on to talk about the disinformation board and all that stuff. Which plays into the fact that um, on this level, that the Department of Homeland Security has come out and said that there was no, there is no need for a disinformation board. They themselves have said that. So the reason I bring both of these stories and I want to tie them together is that there is a spirit within the White House, this rat spirit that is still there. Can it convinced President Trump to do certain things based upon a lie and deceit. And there's things that are happening within this administration still on a host of issues, not just this. And we want to pray that that spirit be overthrown in the White House and for the fear of the Lord to enter back. Just because somebody says something does not make it true. You have to balance it, look at the facts, be objective about the situation, and determine the factor there. As these leaders have been put in authority by God, they have also a sovereign authority given to them by God that they need to follow and, that, and to not step outside of that. And so that's why we're here praying for the office of the president is praying that they stay within the realm of authority that the Lord has given them on the positions that they are in, that they make decisions that are best for this nation to not only prosper, but to be able to spread the gospel of the kingdom to the nations. And we see that there are those within this administration who, number one, are allowing the spirit to operate them, but then number two, that there are those who understand the reality of this lie, of the spirit being in operation, like a Senator Josh Hawley, like a Senator Jim Jordan, others as well. I'm highlighting these two because of the stories that are here. Others within the Department of Homeland Security who understand you don't need a disinformation board. So I want to end on that. It's interesting to see this stuff come out as we wait we're sober, we're aware, we're patient, and we trust the Lord to bring forth justice. And, and the warning here is that this is soft totalitarianism at its finest right here from Dr. Birch and those who implemented a, a policy decision based upon a lie. So blessings to each and every one of you. Let's continue to pray for this nation, for the office of the president, and to reach the destiny of this nation, which is to spread the gospel of the kingdom to the nations. And I'll be back with you guys tomorrow. So I hope you have a blessed day, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one.